Hello, this is Matt Rowan, the worship pastor here at Glenelg Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, May 7th. Hey, everybody. I'm John Vanderbilt, the executive pastor at Glenelg Bible Church. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, the executive director of Naomi's House. And I'm Kelly Brady. I serve as senior pastor here at Glenelg Bible. Thanks for tuning in today to the Next Level Podcast. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Happy Monday. And birthday yeah, to Matt. Oh, hey, yes. Thanks. Older and wiser. Yes. 32 years let's, old. Let's sing. <laughs> let's not. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it a good birthday? It was good. It was good. Uh, I actually took yesterday off. That was nice. Had a Sunday off. Haven't had one of those in a while. So that was fun. And uh, went and saw Frank Frankie Valley on Saturday night. So special. Uh, he... It's something I've always wanted to do for a long time. I was going to go see him pre-COVID. Like, he, he comes through, like, once every three or four years. On the circuit. And, you know, he's 89. Like The casino circuit? Was he at a casino? He doesn't or do yeah. a lot of casinos. but he, he was on the boat in Aurora. Yeah, yeah, he was well, at Rosemont Theater. Okay. In Hammond or wherever that is. Yeah. He was like, where? At the Rosemont? At the Rosemont, yeah. Oh. And it was packed. Packed. That's like 4,500 people. You were the youngest I person was in the room. <laughs> we, you know what? It was crazy. We were expecting a, yeah. mm-hmm. an older crowd. There were a lot of younger people. I could not believe it. He cool. just has so many hits, and especially he has a lot of hits that people have redone oh. and redone again yeah. and again. In multiple so, generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. Like, That's cool. It was, uh, it was cool. It was really cool. Cool. I wanted to hear his voice in person and just yeah. confirm, like, Okay, you, you really sound like that, right? It's funny. He really does sound like that. Like mm-hmm. when he talks to, when he's like, hey, how are you guys doing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, you, you talk like that. That's why your voice sing like it sounds like that. It's such yeah. a unique voice. Mm-hmm. So anyway, had a, had a good time. Feel cool. restored and refreshed. We had a birthday in our house yesterday. Whose birthday? Eli turned 14. Oof. Yes, for his birthday, he asked for an electric guitar. Ooh. Which obviously means an amp, right? Yeah, which and means noise. And Snapchat. Those are the two things he asked for. Oh. He got neither. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So, Shut down. I know. That's I awesome. was like, we're not on the same planet. Let's let's find a No middle. snappy chat for the 14-year-olds? Like, did you get not him an yet. acoustic guitar? He has an acoustic oh. guitar. Oh, so okay. I said, let's master this first. Okay. Is that right, Matt? Sure. Is that the order? It feels like you should learn how to play the acoustic guitar before you... Uh, I, don't know. I, I went the opposite route with my boys. Oh. Um, uh, a lot of people do do that. Like that, that I can be like, fine. I feel like Matt might have more of a tolerance, though, oh, for like that's music true. imperfection. Yeah, like our, our kids, that's usually the first thing they do. They Isn't go out to the family guitar. room, well, they fire up Eli the electric drums the and the guitar, and they just start rogging out like okay. just about every morning. And it's loud, oh, and wow. we're fine with that. But the electric guitar is easier. In the garage. For the okay. neighbors. We do. Yeah. <laughs> For the neighborhood. We do. For the neighbors. And you know what? It's rarely our kids that are playing it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'll be over later this afternoon. <laughs> um, electric guitar is easier to play. Oh, okay. That's why the neck is smaller. And so that's why a lot of times I'll just, it's an easier. Okay. Yeah. Well. Well, there we go. Maybe next now year. Maybe next year. Birthday. He did have a good birthday. <laughs> he did. Yes. He just didn't get what he asked for. It's all right. It's life, right? It's a life, it's life. lesson. Yeah. 
Sometimes we don't get what we want. I'm not sure what the lesson is. Happy birthday. Sometimes we don't get what we want, kid. (laughs) Hey, kid. (laughs) Even on the day where you think you should get something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you well, didn't do any work getting born. <laughs> oh here, here, listen to listen to Kelly's sermon on your participation in your birth. <laughs> oh man! Oh, yes. Well, okay. Happy birthday to Eli. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Robin Mermel did really well up front uh, with communion. Yeah. yeah. How was it over at PCC? It's just, uh, good morning. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a car alarm went off. Car alarm, we had a car alarm service. ringing in the service. Some guy said in the audience, even the cars cry out for <laughs> singing praise. That's funny. But uh, yeah, it was good. Um, a bunch of uh, y- uh, younger families with kids were there, which was fun. That's good. I think there were 19 kids in children's ministry, which was great. Great. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, cool. What we, a gorgeous day, too. Mm-hmm. Man, that was awesome. Hot and sunny. Planted tomatoes. What'd y'all plant? <laughs> um, my rear end in a car seat as I drove to <laughs> Indiana for soccer games in Michigan. Man, before. you've been all over the Midwest. <sighs> yeah. A lot of time on that 8094 corridor. That's a beautiful drive. It is. <laughs> my miter saw shot craps last night right while I was cutting. I don't know what that means. I, like it's done. Oh. Like it just... <laughs> Did you see your lawnmower? Just, no, that miter was, saw. That was the most little kid version of something breaking ever. <laughs> it's just, well, that's how it felt. I'm sitting there, you know, doing some, we're trying to remodel our fourth, third bathroom and um, cutting some trim and just decided to stop working. It's like awesome. Mm. Anyway. You make reality shows about stuff like that. What brand was it? <laughs> it's a craftsman. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, lifetime you know what, guarantee. Though? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, but not quite. <laughs> probably. They're probably going to get out of that one. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get into some... This is, is going to be a hard pivot to these questions. <laughs> questions. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about what happens in heaven when we die. Yeah, all right, uh, everybody? Yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's get into some, into some Isaiah. So, first up, how can we party in heaven if other people are in hell? Seems like that will be difficult. Um, so <laughs> the question, I'm not sure exactly where to go with the question, like which tack to take. Is this person... Harsh and direct. Well, That's the rebuking. Is, is the, That's a good tack. Is the question about whether we'll be aware of people's suffering yeah, I think while that's we're the parting? Mm-hmm. Or is, is it the, inappropriate? universally party if others are suffering. Okay. Seems like the question it's it's implicit that we will be aware. Yeah. Because yeah, the I question as you're saying, how how can we be basically celebrating joyful in heaven when we know that there suffering. are suffering. Yeah. Well I don't know of a scripture that says we'll be aware of people's sufferings in hell. Right. Any well mm, I, I get it. There's a couple of par- the parable Rich man and Lazarus, but that's sure. not actually yeah. heaven and hell. Right. That's right. 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 Paradise and Hades. Right. I just, I don't think we'll have knowledge, and if we have knowledge of it, it would be under the the understanding more of God's loving justice and faithfulness yeah. to humanity. So I, I think the whole Isaiah twenty five verse seven, where the shroud and Isaiah describes it as a, sh- a shroud and a sheet. 
that covers all humanity and then he swallows up death mm-hmm. that that shroud or that sheet my understanding would be that that's the that's our frail humanity that has to die like it's our it's the thing that separates us from god it's the thing that makes us not him it's this this death that lingers over us so it's a lack of understanding it's a lack of holiness it's a lack of so your point is we will have greater understanding yeah there. so so when that it when christ comes back and you know the party those kicks off those that that lack of understanding and that lack of um the ability to to conquer death all those things that humanity that is we wrestle shrouded with now. In, is shrouded in will be removed and we'll have a better understanding of god's good judgment that his judgment is is just just and in his faithfulness perfect faithfulness yeah yeah that would be my i don't think we're we're going I, to be at a party going oh i wonder what happened to everybody else right i do think it's appropriate to feel put, uh, sorrow now for sure that that the rea- that hell is populated like i i, I mean, think we, we know ha- now i don't know why we wouldn't know then and we have that, that's true. And we have that, that sorrow because the sting of death is still present mm-hmm. in, our, in our reality. Mm-hmm. That de- the, the, the death will, will not be swallowed up completely until Christ returns. And so I, we still feel, I mean, the, the passage says he'll wipe the tears from your eyes. Why did you have tears? We, we had tears because we had to deal with death. Humanity was still struggling in its frailness. I think the the celebration in heaven will be a part of the wonderful things that he's worked, which is verse 1 of Isaiah 25. We'll see more clearly his perfect faithfulness. I always default on this, and I've wrestled with this myself. Um, I think that where I've come to is I don't have all the data right now. Mm-hmm. I don't. I see through a glass darkly. I'm finite in my understanding. That's what you're getting to, John. It's, mm-hmm. um, we, we just don't have enough information to understand how celebration's appropriate, uh, mm-hmm. but we will. I think the word party is what makes this question hard because I maybe would replace it with worship. I feel like heaven will be filled with worship, right? We won't, we will be so enamored and f- such, filled with such peace um, that our hearts won't cease to worship. Mm-hmm. And when you're, solely focused on worshiping God, you're actually undistracted by others, right? And so I feel like the what they're alluding to, or it's maybe it's very direct, is that it feels it feels wrong. Like mm-hmm. we're not recognizing that the people we love aren't with us. And so why would we be celebrating the fact that we know that others are eternally separated from God? Mm-hmm. But to your to kind of what you're saying, Kelly, I don't I don't know that that's exactly a linear th- thought process that we'll be having. I think we'll be so Never. overcome yeah. with the worship and the deserving, you know, unending love that we'll have for God that we might. It's not that we won't notice; we just won't. We won't feel a void. Yeah, I like the tech that John you took. The burden we feel now mm-hmm. for those potentially that will be in hell. Uh, we don't know who's going to be in hell, um, um, specifically individuals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the burden that we feel that anybody would go to hell, that burden, that shroud, uh, that will be lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, swallowed, there'll, you know. there'll be that worship experience, yeah. Simone, that you're... And aged wine and fine meats. Yeah. 
I kind of <laughs> there's the party. <laughs> I kind of file this under the same category as uh, when someone asks, like, "Well, what about my dog? Like, I love my dog. Won't, would God have him in heaven?" And like, no. well, <laughs> well, it's just like look conversation I, this weekend we had. Really? <laughs> I mean, the the best I way think I can be think animals of, in heaven for what you it's do? worth. Absolutely. Well, you tell that to live, helping. Very concerned. animals weren't our oh, idea, sure, but live. not but not because you need it. And that's that's like the that's where I was going with it. It's like you you won't need your animal there to feel the completeness of joy being in the presence of God. They very well may be there, yeah. But it's not so that like because there would be something missing if there weren't. Mm-hmm. Like heaven is going to be lit by and I don't mean lit, I mean literally <laughs> lit up, like light, yeah. lighted. Yeah. Not just just L-I-T. No, I'm saying it will be lit up (laughs) by his radiance, his glory. Mm -hmm. You won't even need the sun, like the star. You won't need it. Mm -hmm. Like that's, we're going to be in his presence. Like there won't, there will be nothing lacking. So will the animal be there? I hope so. That'd be cool. But you won't be like, oh. And I kind of file this under Mm -hmm. the same way. Like I'm not going to be in the presence of God mourning those who aren't, I, yeah, I just don't think that we should also, if, if this burns you, if this question burns you, then get busy extending the invitation and, and leave the, I mean, doesn't that put the burden on the person? Like, I, would that make people feel better or worse? Because then you real you recognize how many people, how, how salvation is so out of our hands. Yes, but it involves, uh, yeah. he involves us. Mm-hmm. He invites us. Mm-hmm. In other words, some people could be paralyzed in an, into an activity by the realities of hell. Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, if, if hell's populated, why bother trying? Well, uh, God's extending opportunities. He's, the invitation is open. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. So I see it as a great opportunity to extend the uh, mm-hmm. invitation. Well, that kind of gets us into the next question. Uh, do you think that the roadside signs that say turn or burn, <laughs> are they a helpful evangelistic tool? Did you let's bring just, these? Let's just name a couple. Like, can you guys think of some others? Did you bring, did, did you, uh, that you talk seen? about these at all here? No. Okay, so I brought it, I showed several roadside signs like ah, this. So this question okay. is coming from PCC. Yeah, okay. But yeah, the one of, you know, if you die tonight, where will you be? And then there's a picture yeah. of like flames and then a picture of like <laughs> yeah. uh, harps in like this heavenly, right, heavenly right. place where there's a, like a little dove flying. And then uh, the one that says, hell is real. It's like this massive <laughs> in that voice sign. Yeah. And yeah, that's the voice. And when I read it, I totally in my head. I had been driving by all these signs. I, last weekend I was in Louisville for a basketball tournament. So you drive down I-65, which is just covered it is with with the 83 truth whatever phone number at the bottom and they're all different variety there's creation there's abortion there's heaven and hell there's i just google billboard evangelism yeah it's stunning at the number of signs and this organization has put some lots of resources serious resources Mm -hmm. uh and it's a funny when you you start to think about them and see them you see more it's like anything you know it's like on your mind Um, so I just talked about the idea, um, of, you know, what do you, does your, 
does, do your thoughts about the afterlife, what happens to you after you die, does that affect the way that you live your life? And because the passage, Isaiah 25, is all about the after, you know, this Christ returning and this amazing banquet. And, yep. um, and I, I just use it as an example of there's no, there's no shortage of prompts in our society to get us collectively thinking about what happens to us when, we're die, when we die. And there's these messages this one organization in particular has decided to scatter everywhere on the highways all across our country. And what was that ad campaign that recently came out? He gets, he us. gets us. Mm-hmm. It's still running. Yeah. Still, mm-hmm. can, still see ads. I think those two are different. The billboards and the heat. Get, a like turn and burn billboards. Yeah. It's a different tack and, for sure. You could make arguments about whether it's either one is worth it or whatever. But <clears throat> I said, in the at PCC yesterday, I said, like most of you, I question their effectiveness. Generally, I don't know if and some of these are <clears throat> you just awful. Did. I know, aren't they? These They're, are awful. Yeah, I I showed some of the most tame ones, but wow, I, I I would tell the the question asker that I appreciate. I don't. I appreciate oh the the desire to talk to people and confront people to some degree with the idea of just living our lives and cruising down the highway and not thinking about, you know, what happens to us when we, it's probably not a great way to live. So I mean, it's best. I, I understand it, but I, I would say that it's one, it's probably not very effective. There's very little relationship there. It's a very h- harsh message that is encouraging you to call a phone number. So, I would question their effectiveness in today's world. And I would say that it's probably more about the sign poster than the sign reader. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So feeling like they've done their part, they've done their part. I can have no, or, or, you know, getting rid of guilt and shame. Like, by, Hey, I let them know. Hey, I let everybody know. And this isn't on right. me. And yeah. you know, I do my part. I share the word and that kind of thing. And so, the point I made at Poplar was that the bulk of that messaging and the, the examples I used were all about me and nothing about Jesus or God. It was all about me. Where do I go when I die? Yep. What is my experience going to be like at the end of the age? Where will I wind up? If I die tonight, where will I be? And I feel like I understand at one level that messaging, like we want to help people find and follow Jesus and be in eternity with with him. And at the same time, it's very human-centric language about our afterlife experience. Our eternal destiny. And Isaiah is all about God and God's experience. That's good stuff, He comes back to us. We don't go... Mm. I mean, we this idea of going to heaven when we die. I under, I understand, but the the greatest news is that is that he's coming back, mm-hmm. a new heaven and a new earth and a and an incredible banquet. Death is swallowed up. It's it's about God and what He's doing, and um, that was the segue into the passage for me. Mm-hmm. So that's where this question comes mm-hmm. from. Yeah, some people, some folks. You know, there's different degrees of this kind of evangelism, right? This is probably more the extreme. And then there's, you know, 
you, we've heard fire and brimstone preaching downtown Chicago on the corner. Yeah. And then you've had, you know, tracks handed out to you at, you know, down on, um, a train platform or whatever. Right. <laughs> like, and then you've had door hangers hung up and, yeah. and different Christians are, are uneasy with each one of those levels. And, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't. I think it's possible to spend too much time thinking about hell, and it's possible to spend not enough time thinking about hell. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It feels like some of those uh, billboards are on the too much time. If I were gonna, and I, for me, it's you know, where would I actually spend my dollars? I would never put my dollars in a billboard. <laughs> uh, you know, I do give um, to the church, and so if I were gonna spend my money. It would be to try and um, capture the invitation, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. What about a billboard that said, are you weary and heavy laden? Are you mm-hmm. tired and exhausted? Jesus invites you to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this day and age and in, in our culture, I spend a lot of time talking to people who aren't believers about undoing what they think or know who God is. Right. And I don't, I feel like these billboards perpetuate. Yeah. It kind of just like puts it into like, he's not maybe, maybe your theology shouldn't come from a billboard. Mm. And, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say that they've never worked, you know, Mm -hmm. you never know, but I feel like it puts, it puts us in a place and positions us as believers to, have to kind of undo some of the things yeah. that people might, I mean, I think of the believers in my life, they're like, or I mean the non-believers in my life and what these billboards say or what they actually, I mean, some of these are ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, my guess is the billboards are <laughs> used by God, but not because they're good. Right. But because God is merciful. Yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, because yeah. it gets somebody to, to ask somebody, What's the story? Yeah, right. Burn or right, but and and then there are lots of people who are raised in the church and and keenly aware of what we're to turn from and what hell is like, the destination, and and but they're not walking, they're not following Christ, and it is a it's a provoking message. It's I don't think it's ideal, but I I could totally see the Lord using it in someone's life, Mm -hmm. just because He's merciful. Yeah, and there's probably uh, there are probably people who get just as fired up about the billboard that you said you would be inclined to write. Like God loves you and is inviting you back. Some, yeah. some folks would see that and just be like, Oh my gosh, that is so dumb. So like, soft. No, I mean, really yeah. like they'll be repulsed by that idea because they have a much different view of God or not the ex- non-existence mm-hmm. of God than, than you do. This mm-hmm. might think, you know, these national campaigns of any, I just, they, I just see little moving the needle forward from them for the amount of resources that are spent to make it happen. Yeah. If if that makes sense. I agree. Media, mass media, whether it's uh, the newest social media or kind of the historic television media, it's cumbersome to navigate because it's not incarnational. Mm-hmm. And, and the biblical model is an incarnational. That is, Christ came in the flesh and extended the invitation and then sends us in the flesh to extend the invitation. So it, it should be something that we're sharing in our homes with our kids, then with our neighbors, then with our coworkers. And it, yeah. it I, should be incarnational. 
That's do. why door hangers don't bother me. At least we're going to people's homes and inviting them yeah. to a, a real and we personal got, experience. Yeah. We did door hangers uh, at the most recent Easter to uh, for Poplar Creek and got really good response, phenomenal response for door hangers. Just statistically, yeah. when you put that turn and burn on there on the door <laughs> hanger, that really works. Well. That's a joke, folks. Sometimes I, I wonder, though, honestly, if if some of it is just to be provocative to to a degree, you know. Um, I don't, I mean, when you look at the, <laughs> the bandwidth of these billboards, though, of what they're covering, but I don't know, maybe not, but I wonder sometimes if, sometimes there's messages that go out just to provoke people to, yeah. to think, and then maybe that comes to a conversation and to a relationship. And, yeah. You know. I like that what you, you'd mentioned that earlier, Kelly, just that. It causes people, maybe it's going to cause people to think, and maybe that can be a good thing. God could use that. It reminds me of a story that uh, my mentor, he's, he's, he tells it all the time, because it was a, uh, how a friend of his came to faith, very far from Christ kind of thing, on spring break, on a beach, <laughs> with a group of friends, and uh, a, beautiful woman, a beautiful woman ran by in a bikini, and one of this guy's friends sarcastically yells out, praise Jesus. <laughs> and it caused a, ch- a chain of events that caused his, the guy next to him that heard it to come to faith. He, he said, huh. I thought in that moment, why don't I praise Jesus? He, he had a, you know, he had a Christian yeah, upbringing, right, but right. then it walked away from the faith. So it was a moment where he realized how far from Christ he was. He did. And we're because using his phrase, friend yeah. was being inappropriate. Right, right, right. With right. the phrase. With the phrase. Yeah. Sarcasm. And, and, and the, con- the contextual setting. But that was, you know, a catalyst in him coming wow. to... It's crazy. Like, I'm still not going to do a turn and burn billboard, but yeah. Yeah. You know, God can work in all of that. Our next one, um, if the great banquet happens when Jesus returns and claims his bride, what happens to all those who die before Jesus returns? Where are they and what are they doing? Yeah, we have a little, <laughs> we have a little indication in Scripture about where folks are prior to Christ's return. So to the thief on the cross, Jesus said today, you'll be with me in paradise. So Jesus indicates to the thief on the cross that there is a place where people will, um, those who are trusting in Christ will go um, before the resurrection of the body, before the return of Christ, the resurrection of the body, and the culmination of all things. So um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so there's comfort. We know that the thief on the cross had the expectation that he'd be in a uh, a paradise setting with Christ, the Son of God. We know that Paul said that uh, we're with the Lord, even after death. Uh, and then Paul actually talks about being caught up to paradise, Second Corinthians 12, 4. He, he uh, says he had a vision of paradise, uh, a vision which he, he was told he couldn't talk about in great detail, um, but nonetheless, he had been there and seen it. So, Isn't heaven a place um, also kind of of... Um... Place on earth, Belinda Carlisle? Yeah. <laughs> It's, a, it's not the final place. Right, there's the, a new heaven the and new a new heaven earth. The new heaven and the new earth. And so there's, there's an element of waiting mm-hmm. that's taking place for those who... Yeah, we live, use the word heaven as a fairly, you know, an umbrella term. A right, it, it's, a, it's a, we, yeah. So there's, a, there's kind of a waiting 
period for those who die before Christ returns, yeah. where they're waiting for the new heaven and the new earth and their, the their new body and the new job and their new, yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff. So it's not that having, like, when you die now, before Christ comes back, that, that reality is going to be your eternal reality. There's another reality after the banquet. Any more on that? Well, I'll just, I'll go ahead and throw it out. There's some um, um, have taught, and I think it's errant uh, theology, soul sleep, an unconsciousness. Have y'all heard of soul sleep before? Yeah. So you're dead. And that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's heretical <laughs> yeah, to the mom of... Yeah. So it... Um, it's just, it's the notion that you're unconscious, and then when Christ returns at the culmination of history, you're brought back into consciousness. And that doesn't, that's not what the New Testament teaches, so. Yeah. And if you, if you just want to go deeper into how things might play out, right, because there's a whole... Got a lot it. of different viewpoints on the order of things. Yep. Second Thessalonians is the book you, you want to be in. Revelation is the book you want to be in. It's a little tougher. Second Thessalonians is a little easier to understand the order of things. And, and then um, you can look up words like pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, premillennialism, all those kinds of words. You can Google search those and figure out what each one of those is talking about, about the order of things when Christ comes. Um, Believers being raised up, the rapture, those kinds of things. It's a little confusing. Yeah. Well, it's confusing because there's, there's lots of... Um, Interpretive. Interpretation. Right, and, and the, the Bible doesn't specifically lay out points 1 through 10 and say this is exactly the order. Right. There's a little bit of, there's, okay, we're, you know... That's why I'm thankful there for, are the, left, things to know for, for the sure. left behind books. Because <laughs> they spell it out really clear for me. Yeah. That's a joke. <laughs> Oh, remember that? When oh, Sherry and I first got married. Those took over the world. Sherry and I were married in 1991, and uh, we were doing some painting in our apartment. While that, I think it was 91, it might have been 94. Anyway, while the books, audio books were playing. Book on tape? Yeah. You actually had the CDs, yeah. or did you? I think it was <laughs> reel-to-reel cassette. <laughs> cassette tapes. On the boom box. <laughs> See, I know stuff. nothing about the, the that part of... Cult, Christian culture. Um, who, who put out those? Tyndale. Tyndale. I, right I know here. the name. Tim yeah. LaHaye you know. and Jerry, Jerry Jenkins. B, Jerry B. Okay. Jenkins. Yeah. And it was just, it was a series, it was a movie, it was it books. Was it was uh, books, obviously. There were novels, fiction. Uh, <laughs> it was a fiction. And it was okay. fiction yeah. meant to No, depict. there were way more than seven. No, I think there were seven, unless the last one got so split it, into two. Depict in time stuff. <laughs> so you're on a plane no, and the pilots John. disappear because yeah. they've been raptured. And, a, yeah. and then what's it like to live through... It started uh, with the like, pilot gets raptured. It's I, I, no, he doesn't. I, I can't oh, doesn't. remember. Ray, <laughs> okay, Ray. Oh my goodness! Yes. No, oh, wasn't that, read, what about Buck? Buck was oh, in there yeah. too. <laughs> also, Kurt Cameron. Mm-hmm. So there was oh, my the first I, book I covered like two years. The last book covered like seventeen minutes. <laughs> they like uh, the series yeah. started to get. I mean. Yeah. People were like dying for the next book to come out. Yeah, it's very entertaining. It's twenty okay. fifth it anniversary. Wow, it's very entertaining. Yeah, um, I'm looking it, it up it's, too. It's loosely, it's interpretive. Uh, yeah, 
Like if Christ came back, or it, if the the what's it like to live through uh, the end times, the tribulation? Yeah, oh, the tribulation. But, yeah. Which which theological viewpoint does the it second take? Oh, is it, it post? Pre, is it pre? It's pre. Yeah, oh, it's pre. pre. Okay. It's the second book is called Tribulation Force. There's, oh wow! Some okay. of them are called Desecration. So the tribulation <laughs> the tribulation is happening, and we're here going through it. You have to have your mind. Not all of believers. Not believers all of were us. raptured. You have to have your all of a sudden. Oh, all of a so sudden, not yeah. Okay. You have to have your monster truck voice. Yes. Desecration. Oh yeah, the remnant. Did you figure out how many books there no, are? Turns out there's so many spinoffs. I can't. Uh-huh. I there's third. There's twelve books I'm looking at right now. Glorious are, appearing. Yeah. Twelve books in the Left Behind series. Armageddon. I think the it, remnant. It, well, it, I think it was supposed to be seven. Okay. And then it was like, wait, this is we're, making, these, we're making like a billion dollars every time one of these things. Comes oh, look, out. you can buy the whole series. Yep. Okay. Nice. Yeah, we read them all. I yeah. Do you, this what, this see, is I, one I think through we, sixteen. I think we'll go through the tribulation. I think there's God will give us. I think God will give us the endurance to go through, instead of just plucking us away. But anyway, whatever you want, man. What, what do you think? <laughs> I'm just curious. Uh, that doesn't bother me at all that you believe that. No, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with. Uh, we'll go through the tribulation. I see people enduring hard times all the time right now. Hellish. It, it seems more in line with yeah. the character of God to me. Yeah. Like. Hey, I'm going to remove you from this thing. It's not like, something it's, I'm going to sustain you through this thing. Feel like I don't know. There's a, enough gray area that I don't have a strong position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it okay? So the last question on the on the left behind. <laughs> yeah. should, should I read everybody's? It? No. no, really. Is it? No. Should I read it? Is no. it? Well, you should. Well, you know. said it's really entertaining. You should it not. Is entertaining. Hit, wait, I sh- you should not buy the books. You should, I, can, I you feel like there's a lot them. of good. You should like buy zip. them because there's a billion of them in our community. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. No, just go to the library. If you're going to read that was my point. a series, I mean, I think there's a there's a lot of other series I'd recommend. Yeah, sure. sure. If you, you I, know it's what? not like you have get, that much time on your hands. You could get the audiobooks and like on a road trip, you could crank through almost the whole series. Okay. Terrify like, your children. No, I think it would pique the interest. Of, well, I guess yeah. it depends on your children. Okay. I think it could pique the interest. All right, all right, all right. All right, uh, next one. Wow, that, uh, was, could, a, that, was, a, <laughs> that was explosive. <laughs> Cultural moment. Yeah. All right, could Isaiah 25, 1 to 5, be forward-looking? In other words, what if the judgment is to come along with the redemption? That's an interesting question. Did, did you frame it? I framed other it than, as. I did. So You framed it other than future? I did a both and. So <laughs> I'm looking at Isaiah. It says, Lord, you are my God. I'll exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done. So there's a past tense reference. But then it shifts immediately. You have made, uh, he goes quickly to uh, peoples will honor you, ruthless nations will revere you. So there's a back and forth between past and future tense. And at one point in my sermon, I said, when I got to verse 6, I said, this is clearly futuristic. Um, and so I probably overstated or left people to think that one through five was only past, and I don't hold that view. It, oh, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would argue that it's future, even with the tense. The tense is yeah. weird. It is, yeah. Um, so, but, but he could even, he could, Isaiah could be prophesying what he has done from a past perspective about something that's happened that's in the future. In the, going to happen in the future, yeah. which is con- confusing mm-hmm. yeah. so the, ten, the tense of the of the passage is unique but when he says you know the, the city lays in rubble or i don't have the passage in front of me that's the collective of all the nations that he had just prophesied about and he's saying 
you have done this destruction and have have conquered and and laid to rubble the nations of the world. Yeah, that's the tact I took. I said that chapters 13 to 23, um, he's, uh, Isaiah appears to be celebrating God's uh, judgment, uh, which he just spent you know, those chapters enumerating. This is what he's going to judge all these nations. So, but it, it could very well be s- some of this judgment's meant to, to yet to have happened or it's going to happen in the future. In, in fact, we know that there'll be a judgment of the nations. It seems like it's a setup. One through five is really aimed at setting up yeah. the great banquet. So it's and talking about the things that are going to lead up to this. In the first nine verses of feast. 25, in general, are, pers- are understood as an interlude, kind of a pause, let's catch our breath, a kind of, a, yeah, just a, an interlude. Yeah. And it's going to get a little more like this as we progress into Isaiah a little bit where you're like, okay, wait, is he talking about He's talking about things to come, but is, is he talking, did he write this before these things or did somebody else write it later on? It right. can be a little confusing. Yeah. Can I ask a question specifically? Yeah. About, this was so interesting to me when you, it's the very end of your message when you talked about how both Assyrians and Egyptians yeah. will be. Isaiah 19. I did anything on that too. Yeah. Yeah. You did? Oh, did yeah. you mention it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, is it, is, does that mean that while this was happening in real time, <laughs> the Lord was working in the lives of Assyrians and Egyptians at the same time. And it's just not, it's things that we don't know, but then there's mention of it implying that. I think the Lord is working in the lives of Assyrians and Egyptians right now. Mm-hmm. And it will be calling all the nations. I think he has throughout all time. Mm-hmm. That but, and the, remember, God's not saving Egypt. Egypt right. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's not really saving nations. Right. He's saving peoples out of nations. Yes. Okay. In in twenty four, yeah, in twenty four. Isn't it beautiful? It is. It really is. It was and kind of like the nations he used to judge his inheritance, mm-hmm. which is Israel, were Egypt and Assyria primarily, and Babylon. Mm-hmm. But those you, nations are included in the, in na- the saving work of God, right? So, just for the listener's sake, and I didn't draw this out really well. Um, God used foreign nations to bring judgment upon his own people. Um, So he allowed the promised land to be overrun and and the people to be taken into captivity as a part of his judgment against them. But then he turns and judges the nations beyond his own, Israel and Judah. But he, and then the beauty of it is, then he also saves people out of those nations. Yeah, he says, redeems. yeah, Isaiah 24, or sorry, Isaiah 19, 22, 24, that. and 25, yeah. The Lord will strike Egypt with a plague. He will strike them and heal them. Mm. They will turn to the Lord and they will respond to their pleas, and he will respond to their pleas and heal them. In that day, Israel will be the third, along with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing on earth. The Lord Almighty will bless them, saying, this is where it gets really interesting, blessed be Egypt, my people, Mm. Assyria, my handiwork, and Israel, my inheritance. So they all have this equal standing to some degree. Different roles. To some degree with... uh, with each other. I mean, their inheritance is this is a unique place for, yeah, for Israel, Israel has a unique place, right? It's hugely encouraging because I grew up, uh, 
thinking that God played favorites mm. among humanity. Um, and it's true, Israel has a, a special place, but God loves all of humanity and is saving peoples out of all nations. Um, when, you, when you say you grew up thinking that, I'm assuming it, that's what was taught at your church growing up? Is just, that, well, that's what how, I how heard. Well, um, what I heard was... Um, or what I, yeah, what I heard was that God doesn't love these other peoples. Uh, That's okay. what I heard. Gotcha. I don't know what they intended to teach. Yeah, right, right, right. That Egypt and Assyria, eh, stinks to be born in Egypt and Assyria. But we actually, you know, we, we have missionaries in, we hear from missionaries in these nations now of just people coming, and this, the, the church in Egypt is growing powerfully. I mean, I've heard from missionaries about how the Lord's working there, and and the, the beauty of it is to see that in the Old Testament context, is to see this has always been God's plan. He's, yes, he selected Israel for special service, and they have a special place in his, his work of redemption in the kingdom, um, but, yeah. Yeah, the, some of the danger, I think, is um, what do we do with our country, our thoughts about that? And we tend to align ourselves or think of ourselves more and take the passages that are written about Israel for America, when in reality, we are Assyria and Egypt in the, in the story. That's who we are, Gentiles, yep. not included, not the same as Israel. Not, we're not the new Israel. We're not God's favorite nation. We're not called to special <laughs> service like, like Israel was called. I'm not saying our freedoms are not good. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. We just need to be careful with how we handle some of those kinds of passages because historically we have had movements where we have collectively in the church or as a country applied some of those uh, teachings about Israel to America. And yeah, right, so, I mean, it's just that's yeah, Uncle Sam does not have a soul. So I'll never forget that line from the former senior pastor at Glowen Bible Church. God is not saving America. He's mm -hmm. saving Americans. Yes, mm -hmm. right. Uh, but he's not saving America. Mm -hmm. um, and he's saving a bride. Mm -hmm. uh, he's calling people out of every nation. People That's made up language. of yeah. people from all over the yeah. place. Yeah. I, I grew up in the Deep South, and there was a lot of conflation between uh, Israel and America and who will be blessed. And we bless Israel as a nation so that America can be blessed. Just a tremendous yeah. amount of conflation between... Like the, the Mosaic Covenant was between God and Israel. And, yeah, yeah. Now, if we follow... a many of the same things that Israel follows, it, it will go well for us because they're good ways to live, right? A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not talking about the ceremonial things, the right. sacrificial things, but right. like the, you know, the, the civil right. things. But um, yeah, but that agreement was between God and Israel. Right. Uh, oh, let's go to the last one. Had never thought about what we will actually do in heaven, but I like the idea of being busy and contributing. Can you give me some more scripture on that subject? I'd like to think about it some more. Yeah, you know, the my favorite passage on kind of the glimpse into um, activities in, in, from an internal perspective is the parable 
of the 10 minas. It's Luke 19, uh, verses 11 through 26 or 7. But it's, it's, it's a parable, so it's a story. It's a fictitious story having true spiritual eternal truths in it. Um, and it's about a master who goes away, but before he goes away from his land, from his estate, he calls some of his servants and he distributes uh, talents or, um, in this case, the translation's minas, which is, is just uh, some money. Uh, and he says, put this money to work until I come back. So it's an estate owner, a wealthy man saying to his servants, I charge you, take care of my estate. Here's some responsibility. And then when he gets back, what he says, so Luke 19, verse 17, he says to one servant, well done, because this servant said, uh, the servant comes to him upon his return and says, sir, your mina has earned 10 more. So he says, I took the one talent, the one mina, this one um, thing that you entrusted to me, and I produced tenfold. He says, well done, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, one, take charge of 10 cities. And it just dawned on me. Now, this is metaphorical. It's, it's a parable. It's a fictitious story. But what dawned on me, or what seems to be the illustration here, is that faithfulness earns the opportunity to exercise more faithfulness. Faithfulness in a little thing. In fact, um, those who are faithful in a few things get, get the opportunity to be entrusted to, with more things. This is Christ's own teaching. So, um, the, the perspective here is that um, we'll be entrusted, faithful in this life, faithful with what we're given in this life, to whom much is given, much is expected, uh, gives us the opportunity to exercise greater faithfulness in eternity. So there, my, my expectation, my full expectation is that we'll, we'll be contributing and get to grow in responsibility as we're faithful. In, in this life, we'll get to exercise more opportunities. Does that make sense? Have y'all thought mm -hmm. about that before? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about how um, before sin, when God created Adam and Eve, labor in the garden was almost restful. I mean, it was fulfilling. It, it gave them purpose. It, it was, was without toil, right. but it was active. Right. Yeah. And so because of sin, work and labor became burdensome. Yes, right? yes, absolutely. And so without sin, I'm thinking that... It was I think, a part of the curse on the ground. I think I took this question very literal when I was thinking about it this morning, like, what will we be doing? Oh, okay. I think there is... Do you have a list? <laughs> no. Do I get to select? <laughs> yeah. is it, I just think that... A, what would you like to do, I just John? think <laughs> that there is, a, in, in addition to worship, I think there is a level of work in when heaven. When you say worship, you mean singing? I, I feel I like I think of adoration, fulfillment. Or, okay. yeah, just okay. peace and, um, yeah, I'm sure giving there's singing praise. involved. Yeah, giving praise. There'll be trumpets <laughs> and harps, <Yeah>. electric guitars. <laughs> oh, way to bring it back! <laughs> Not in your mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I want a 14 year old leading me in electric guitar worship. Anyway, I think where I was going is that there. The, like the question I thought maybe was a little bit literal, that there is some level. And you said it yesterday, too, that I can't remember the, how, you how you said it. Something to the effect of uh, we will be like the best versions of ourselves, right? Like the gifts that God's given us. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll, you'll be most productive. You'll contribute the most yeah. 
Like, hopefully we have jobs we feel like we're contributing to the welfare of others. In our jobs, we're providing a needed service. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is real frustration here because of the curse from Genesis 3, which you brought up. There's there's a toil, a sweat, a labor. There's a burden that mm-hmm. we carry here because things don't go easily. They don't yeah. go easily because we're we're it's we're east of the garden. We're outside the garden. So we that, that'll be a way. That'll, we equate that'll... that feeling with work. Yes, but, work is not but the curse. Work isn't folks. The, right, right, right. Uh, toil is the curse. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we were made to work. In yeah. fact, I I raise my kids. You're going to be the most. You're going to be uh, enjoy life the most yep. when you're working. Yeah. Yes. I, just like what Simone was talking about out of Genesis, it's Genesis two fifteen. Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the There's like, purpose in that. The the charge to rule and subdue comes up later in the book of Leviticus. It's what the priests are charged with mm-hmm. in the care of the tabernacle mm-hmm. and the temple. So there is this holy space work, this sacred space work in the garden. They were to rule and subdue. And frankly, if the fall hadn't happened. The garden, my understanding, or my assumption, this is extra biblical mm. presumption, but the garden would have, <laughs> the, the, the boundaries of the garden would have been expanded right. as the human race mm. expanded uh, numerically. There have been more people doing the priestly activities of ruling and subduing. So work would have been a blessing, yeah. not a burden. Right. Which is also the command from Genesis 1. Yes. Rule and subdue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not just bike rides with only tailwinds right. and no headwinds? Right. Dang it. So I don't know exactly what we'll be doing. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll propose one good summer read, though. There is a book that I have... It's titled... It's called Desecration. And it's Desecration. About <laughs> Perilandria. Have y'all read Perilandria? It's by C.S. Lewis. Oh. And it's, it's adult fiction. And it's, it's about the salvation of other worlds. And it's... Uh, it was written because didn't they encourage him to write a book to adults after... Narnia. Narnia. Yeah. 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 I think that is the story. I'm no C.S. Lewis expert. And he's like, no either, problem. But I, I got yeah. that. I'll check that out. <laughs> but it's, uh, there, it's a three-part. It's a trilogy. And Paralandria is the second book. That's where I jumped in. I actually didn't enjoy the other two very much, but... It just gives us a sense of what might be going on in other worlds. I don't know. Uh, do I believe in other worlds? Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, where act, are you going, man? I don't know. It's good sci-fi. It, it helps our imagination. One of the things I charged the congregation with yesterday was, hey, exercise your imagination a little bit. Spend some time imagining heaven and the blessing mm-hmm. that it'll be to be in his presence and what it would mean to have the burden of... Uh, work lifted and to contribute without self-interest. Imagine yeah. that contributing to other people's okay. welfare without self-interest. And so it, Lewis has an unparalleled imagination. So Perry Landria. Mm. <laughs> be number five on my wish list. <laughs> I'm looking at books to read this summer. Space trilogy by C.S. Lewis. <laughs> and I'm not a sci-fi guy. So I was stunned. I got it. Yeah, you are. All right. 
Well, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the next level podcast 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the next level. Boom! Prophecy.